Begin Podfix Network transmission in 3, 2, 1. 30 seconds and counting. Astronauts report it feels good. T minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You're listening to It's Not Rocket Surgery on 98.9 Northwest SM. Good evening, welcome to It's Not Rocket Surgery here on 98.9 Northwest FM. I keep waiting for the scream. <laughs> <laughs> no, no screams today. No screams. No screams today. We're, it's it's scream-free zone. <laughs> oh, yes, we're back. Guess who's back? Back again. Who's back? We's back. We's back. We's back. It's not rock surgery. Back on uh, your airwaves and in your podcast form in the future. Three shows in a row. Three shows in a row. We did We did the last week of November. Oh, no. No, no we didn't. 20th of November was... Ah, oh, man. We missed a week. We missed a week. <sighs> Two shows in a row. Two shows in a row. <laughs> Uh, it's not rocket surgery here on nine eight point nine Northwest FM episode three hundred and twenty eight of this I science, know. technology, and geek culture phenomenon. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. It's been going for almost eleven years. April will be eleven years. That's just madness. It's crazy. You know, they haven't kicked us off the air yet. Fools. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, in the studio with me, Vlado, for this uh, crazy ride that will be uh, three twenty-eight. Is Andrew once it's again? How you doing? I am good. What's news? Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, aside from everything else, just want to have a quick uh, happy birthday shout out to my brother Jeff. Oh yes, tunes baboon. The uh, the man with the music. That's right. He said he'll be back next week to uh, play more tunes. A happy birthday, Jeff. I'm glad that I prepared. Prepared tunes for tonight, just in case. That, just in uh, case. You know, you uh, decided not to spend your birthday evening with us, which is <laughs> entirely understandable. Given how terrible the weather is at the yes. moment, totally understandable. Yeah, like when I, when I walk, walked out the door, I was listening to the rain again. But when I walked out the door, I saw how heavy it was raining again. <sighs> Maybe this would have been a better week not to come into the studio. <laughs> but no, no, I'm glad we're here. We're here. It's happening. We're doing stuff. And uh, a huge happy birthday to, to Jeff. Indeed. Um, so n- nothing else is, you know, it's just been a week. It's been a week. I, mean, I feel I- like I've, I've just lived in the car. Okay. It's just been one of those weeks where um, every day virtually I was out and about doing something. Okay. And not just normal, regular out and about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think Tuesday I went to my mum's place. Thursday I went out to Warrandyte. Um, yesterday I went out to Ringwood. You might, might have, you should have just stayed at Warrandyte. It's next door. <laughs> Except I didn't want to stay there for two days. <laughs> well, I was in Sydney on Tuesday and Wednesday. Ah, yeah, you, uh, in comparison to me. You, well, you, I, didn't, I didn't drive, so I flew. But um, so. Actually, I tell you what, the, the drive from Sydney Airport to Penrith, that was a chore. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a long time, isn't it? It's a, ter- it's a the traffic's terrible. Uh, the roads in Sydney are terrible. Um, and trying to find our, uh, the rental car because I've changed how the rental cars work at Sydney Airport. So basically, it was like walk out, get directed one way, then get directed back, and then get directed to another place and get directed back, and then have to get on a bus, but not on this bus because then we have to go back down under to the other the Qantas terminal because the Hertz rental place was not manned in the Virgin terminal. So, and then we went to the Qantas terminal. But he didn't say the, the Hertz desk at Qantas. He said, you have to go to Qantas. Okay. Why do I need to go to Qantas? Anyway, so what should have been a 10, 15-minute ordeal ended up being almost an hour to get the car. Wow. And you were already primed at that point. And then once we got the, got the car, it was a long drive in traffic out to the, uh, the western suburbs of Sydney. But anyway, I survived. I got back. Having spent a week at uh, Richmond... Mm-hmm. For a variety of reasons, which is what a half hour north of where I was. Yeah, and having had to go during that week, I think I went to the airport and back at least once a day for like four days. Oh, for reasons. Okay, for reasons. <laughs> anyway, yes, <laughs> I feel your pain. But Sydney Airport reminded me. I think this was the first time I've actually been to Sydney Airport. Most of the times I've been to Sydney, I've drove. Actually, okay. every time I've been to Sydney, I've driven. This is the first work trip I've been for, to Sydney. So, th- and Sydney just had a real LAX feel to it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I don't like LAX. <laughs> so, but anyway, Sydney's really nice in tiny portions of mm. Sydney, and uh, the rest is just eh. Mm. And then it's got Melbourne's length of drive but there are with a couple of exceptions there aren't really very many nice roads mm-hmm. that you can sort of get on that just go yep and it's and very it's very bitsy yeah so it's like it's like a you know, shanty you can see that it's a, it's a city that evolved that wasn't really planned very much so but anyway, we're not here about town. Ta- not going to talk about town planning and uh, and travel. We're going to talk about science, technology, and geek culture. We could go deep. We could we could we could explore rabbit holes. Oh, we could. We so could. We, maybe many we, rabbit holes. Maybe we should uh, we should sort of schedule some uh, some rabbit exploration holes, <laughs> rabbit hole explorations. Well, you know, we used to do that. We used to. So we, yeah. might, look, we could bring back what's what's old is new again. You know, bring In back our- bring back the mullet. Ten plus year, <laughs> yes, tenth, tenth year. Um, <laughs> so, what are we going? We're going we're to talk about space as usual. So, some of the space stuff is uh, so. There's JWS, JWS, yeah. James Webb Space Telescope, JWST, um, Artemis, Artemis. Um, so that's yeah, arriving back. So the uh, Japanese billionaire who's uh, the first commercial pa- passenger on Musk's SpaceX. He's uh, picked who's going with. Um, so the, the, the space stories, we've got some biology stories, the Tasmanian tiger, um, we've got, uh, you know, farts, we're going to talk about um, cows, um, they're not a related story, Okay. farts and cows, you know, human farts, cows with Fitbits. There you go. Um, and chatbots, we're going to talk about a chatbot, had some fun with chatbots, so um, cool. we'll uh, talk about that. And, uh, and a few other things. I see a tiny amount of AI has crept into this. There is a little bit of AI, so that's that's the chatbot stuff. But um, perhaps a uh, oh, we'll see about the other ones. We'll see how we're going with time. Sure, and we'll go biosensors. You know, it, it's an eclectic mix as usual, um, and not too much uh, overflow from previous weeks. And we'll play some music. If you want to join in the madness, that will be it is going to be you know 
is usually It's Not Rocket Surgery, episode 328. It's Obviously, not, this offer is only extended to those people who listening. are listening live. Yeah, look, if you're listening to the podcast in the future and you retrospectively want to say hello, just hashtag INRS328 so I know roughly... you saying hello? And roughly what... In relation to, so some context will help me decipher those uh, future. But that's always true. Future tweets, yeah, that's right. <laughs> even if even if they actually sent you a message live. Oh, that's right, because I mean, there's, the, there's usually a delay as well. So, all right, um, but yeah, at R C K T S R G R Y. That's rocket surgery. No vowels. No vowels. So it is uh, ten thirty nine here on ninety eight point nine Northwest FM. We should probably do some of the uh, the the vales. There was two. There was one from, from a couple of weeks ago that we failed to mention. Yes, last week. Um, which was uh, Irene Cara. Yes, of fame for... F- fame, fame? Fame, fame, yes. Um, the the singer of fame... And Flashdance. And Flashdance. Da, na, Very na, 80s. Na, na, na. So, yes, uh, she passed away a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the other one this week was uh, Kirsty Alley passing away. So, um, known for her uh, role in Cheers and also for the uh, one of the lead roles in Guess Who's Talking... And also, she was in Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. She was too. She was uh, on the on the, on the deck, and then got recast in the third film. Did she? Like the actress, the the role got recast okay. in the third film. I thought she did a great job though in the second film. Uh, she, yeah, she was good. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, so yeah, so um, she passed away after a short illness, apparently. So um, cancer will do it too. Cancer is a bitch. All right, so that's Zavales. Um, what else? We've got some other random stuff that we'll do before we get into the, the heavier stuff later on. Sure. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I th- uh, did you see this this week, Jennifer Lawrence? I, I will admit it's becoming harder and harder for me to stay connected to uh, current affairs mm-hmm. media because most of it is not worth Rubbish. time. <laughs> yes. I mean, maybe this is, is worth my time, but I, I'm tipping no. Tell me. Probably not. So Jennifer Lawrence basically drew criticism because in an interview um, with Rolling Stone, I think it was, yep. um, she mentioned that uh, her portrayal of Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger, that Hunger Games was basically the first female action hero. And so basically the Twitterverse went, uh, what about Ripley from Alien and Aliens? What about... Uh, Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. What about Wonder Woman? What about... And basically a whole heap of people saying, um, yes, good character. Yes, um, representation. Oh, my God. Who knew? Someone would say something that probably wasn't factually accurate in in, in an interview. What a shock. I'm sure potentially uh, it may have even been uh, a constructed quote taken slightly out of context. Uh, well, look, I mean, I've only got the quote, so I can't tell you whether it's out of context or not. So she says, I remember when I was doing Hunger Games, nobody had ever put a woman in the lead in an action movie because it wouldn't work, because we were told girls and boys cannot both identify with a male lead, but boys can't identify with a female lead. Now, I think people are focusing on the wrong thing about what she said there. Who knew? Uh, So... Um, so everyone's gone on the whole, hold a sec, there have been, and, and people pointed to Star Trek and, all right, so yes, there were other main characters which, but. People need to learn, I think, how to just go, you know what, Mm. not quite right, but I get where you're going, um, I, I will, I will back your main point, even if I think you are. 
And in the, you know, vanishingly small possibility that you and I may ever cross paths <laughs> and this topic comes up, brought up by you, not by me, because I wouldn't do that, then I may express an opinion that uh, maybe mm. you were not quite as yes, factually but- accurate as you thought you were. I just, and I think people could have said it that way, saying, all right. Saying. Saying. <laughs> no, no. But And she's not wrong about the... Uh, the the percep- everything the else in the... In the, in the um, mm. And again, my guess is that... Uh, and it's wrong. So that, but that justification for not having li- li- female roles is, is BS. Oh, totally. So, because, totally. I, mean, I mean, even our generation, we look at strong leading women in... Like Buffy. Buffy, and- uh, Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. um, Princess Leia. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, I am sure that if I really think about it, I can roll out. We could many absolutely. So, but I guess you know they're not the ones. We're not the ones that Hollywood was 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 going after after the misogynistic like, males. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, left in the corner. <laughs> Oopty doop. All right. So, we, like, yeah, we're going to give Jennifer Lawrence the benefit of the doubt, and uh, the point. May have not been based on a accurate recollection of uh, the past, mm-hmm. but the point she was trying to make, I think, uh, I would uh, find people would struggle to disagree with it. And yeah, with any kind of factual basis. Yes, precisely. All right, moving on. Moving on, like everyone else should do. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's not how the internet works. Uh, uh, speaking of Twitter, um, <laughs> Elon Musk's basically dredged up the Twitter. The Twitter files, some some stuff that apparently has some questionable puts the uh, previous Twitter board under some questionable light. Oh, I'm sure they were. Mm. I mean, but the stupid th- thing is, it, sorry, mm. no, 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 go ahead. The idea that a social media company may have looked at which side uh, its bread was buttered on, yep, and thought, what is the greatest threat to our business model? Regulation. Mm-hmm. If that means I need to even hand a few um, Trump tweets, then I even hand a few Trump tweets. Yep. If that means I need to uh, suppress a few uh, story uh, links because uh, that may embarrass the next mob that yep. are about to come in, I'm going to do that too. Yep. Since when did Twitter become a uh, a trusted news source where it had to accurately reflect everything that is going on? It, it's being seen at that. It's, it's being seen as the town square. Musk himself is, is arguing that this is the the the, the town square community community forum for for open and free discussion. But I would point out, since when? I don't know. Yeah, look, I don't know. Uh, it was it was a forum for people to essentially. Find out what the rich and famous were doing. Going, oh look, I've buttered my toast. Dude, no, no uh, and I know it's changed yeah. since then. But l- yeah, look, I mean, the whole point behind Twitter was it was meant to be, you know, surface. Hundred and forty characters. Forth, yeah, you know, and over time, people have gone. Well, it's a way to reach people, mm-hmm. and they used it. Yeah, but it didn't suddenly morph into. Um, if I said this, my brother would laugh. It didn't suddenly morph into the New York Times. No, you know what I mean. No, the New, New York Times is a left-leaning uh, mouthpiece. <laughs> they're, all, they're all they're the opinions all, they're of the, the presented pieces. <laughs> <I know. laughs> this this is the part that uh, I think because um, this Jeff and I were talking about this um, this morning. There is an element where um, at the moment communication to the masses mm-hmm. 
is no longer being stably monetized. No. So by that I mean uh, corporations do not necessarily understand exactly where their sponsorship and advertising dollars should go. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying to them, uh, stick with traditional media because yep. at least you know it's stable, blah, 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 blah. That's why people are going there. Other people are saying there's no point because uh, the you know traditional media is no longer traditional media. Mm-hmm. It's now just you know more opinion pieces sh- shrieking out into the void, trying to pander to a ever vanishingly small yep. portion of the public. Pour it into social media, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's even more unstable because unless, um, but like I-, I would suspect most people when they're going through Twitter, they're just. Skimming past the ads, yep. and if the ads are really intrusive, they report them. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there is an argument for saying any publicity is better than no publicity. But in terms of you know what do you, what are you getting value for your money? Yep. I don't know that it's yeah. there. So the problem is that you've got uh, media organisations that don't know how to capture eyeballs anymore, yep. and they certainly don't know how to sell that information to people who are going to pay for. Yep traditional media Mm -hmm. because even if you just have a website you have to pay the people who are writing the stories you have to pay for the people who are laying out the pages you can't just outsource that to ai or to well not yet but we're getting there but we're getting there you still have to like figure out a way of getting money from people Mm -hmm. and uh they've gone for the the paywall idea is basically just you buying the paper yeah Yes, you know it's it's the the new version of the old model. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the problem, of course, is that uh, the old model, at least, there are enough people who bought enough papers, mm-hmm. and enough papers were lying around that people could actually have a look. Yep, and so they built up a reputation for mm-hmm. it making sense. Yep, uh, whether it was true or not, you know, opinions differ. Mm-hmm. But the concept of a traditional media where the Selling point was the story, yeah, and that there was an effort to make to be to be right, but even more than a, there was an effort to be first, yeah. Um, because you know it's like, well, we're only printing, you know, morning and night. If something happens in between, it doesn't matter. We still have to hit it. Like we're not hitting it minute by minute. Yeah, but I mean, even the traditional media, it was they were, the age was making all their money off the classifieds. Mm. So, because again, people knew that. Well, if you're going to buy the the paper, you've got a whole bunch of other paper, yeah. and then it's kind of like uh, like classifieds did pay for stuff. It was yeah. like lots and lots of small people mm-hmm. paying, you know, small amounts of sure. money for. So, but even that model evolved and and changed. So, um, so sorry. The issue the issue with the Twitter thing is basically the White House were t- asking Twitter to to stop running stories, and the Biden uh, opposition were also running. Trying to uh, suppress um, stories. The Hunter Biden laptop Correct. stories. But the thing is, um, it, it's not a breach. It's not a um, a, con- a contravention of the f- uh, freedom of speech if um, a public citizen, which Joe Biden and his administration or to be administration were at the time, for them to ask for them to not run a story, but for the White House to ask them to run a story, that is the government. Impinging on free speech, so and that's 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 splitting hairs. Yes, well, it is it is what is basically the if you want to look at the constitution, the government shall not. 
So splitting hairs. I know. Um, we should probably go to a song and uh, and a few other things. We'll get into some of the other miscellaneous stuff before we get into the category stuff. Because if it was true, then they should have restored Trump's uh, Twitter account in the moment. He yeah, was. but he was he was banned because of what he was saying in terms of the insurrection. So mm. just saying. Mm. All right, we need to do a station break. We'll do a song and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll talk some other stuff. So let me just. Make sure I hit this thing. Ah, that doesn't work. That's not the one you wanted. This one is all I wanted. And we're back. Yes. Second too soon. That was uh, I Show Speed with World Cup. (laughs) World Cup. Oh, that was terrible. World Cup. Look. You've introduced many eclectic sounds into the uh, studio over the years, but that's got to be one of the more painful ones. That is one of the official songs of the World Cup, apparently. So, um, just goes to show, with a big bucket of cash, anyone can get a World Cup. It's got a, it's a bit of an earworm, but only what the, what the kind of earworm you saw on Wrath of Khan. <laughs> <laughs> the cr- the cringe factor was the way he announced some of those countries' names at the start: Crotia and Argentini. Argent, yeah, and yeah, and uh, you are gay, or and no, I was just really Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Costa Rico, Costa Rico, or something Somehow like that. Yeah, it was, it was bad, 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 bad. But you know, we we bring variety to the uh, to the airwaves. Oh yeah, that's what we do. Variety. <laughs> yeah, variety. All right, so how about? Um, quickly, we talk about the World Cup. <laughs> Stop it. World Cup. I will beat you to death with a chair if you keep it up. Um, so there's a few things I want to uh, – some of the mathematics. Is, um, I've been – come across a couple of uh, uh, simulations, people running simulations, modelling. Yep. Um, one of them from Oxford. So basically an Oxford – uh, mathematician. Oxford Analytica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An Oxford mathematician, basically. There was like a 20-minute uh, YouTube video I saw yesterday, day before yesterday. How, did, how was he going? Uh, it's not great. So, no. You mean you mean that we can't predict what no. people are going to do? No. So and even something as simple as a soccer game? Cor- correct. So the thing is, like, as, as Sorry, he's... I will stop now. As he's going through his PowerPoint presentation and I'm watching... I go, I'm... I'm I'm at home in my own time and I'm watching uh, a research uh, present a PowerPoint presentation. Why am I doing this to myself? But it was interesting. Well, it, it was combining two things you're interested in. Yeah. The World Cup and, math- and mathematics. mathematics. Yeah. So, so um, and as he's going, I go, well, you haven't considered this. And then sure enough, he goes, well, actually, we've got to uh, then adjust for this. So basically, you use the, something called the uh, XG. So the... Um, uh, as opposed to the OG. So, no, so the XG basically is a rating of how... How close a shot was um, made at to the goal. So basically, your your likelihood of scoring a goal is um, is relative to the proximity to the goal. So shots from outside the box are far less likely to to score a goal than shots inside the six yard box. And yes. and, and so basically, the, um, some uh, mathematicians a few years ago. Uh, came up with this thing called an XG. So basically, a lot of the uh, football stats websites will actually um, promote uh, promote this and, yes. and announce it. And at the end of the game, we'll compare the XGs of, of the two teams and see how how fair the result was and all that sort of stuff. So basically, he used that as the 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 guy. But over the last four years, um, and then it was like 
all over the all over the shop. Like Australia was like fifty fifty chance of winning the World Cup, and I go, well, no, no, you can't do that because it's like you're not allowing for the fact of the competition you're playing against. So, so all these European sides who are playing against other good European sides, the opponents. XG matters as well. So, and then so he adjusted for that and did all this sort of stuff. In the end, he basically said Brazil's going to win. No, Brazil's out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then he also said Argentina was still up there. So it's Timber Taylor with the computer that was going to predict exactly which Wonka bar had yeah uh, precisely gold ticket. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, just watching the mathematicians come up with ways of. And models, models are only good as the data you're putting into it and they're using... And as good as the relationships that uh, you are able to intuit between data. Correct. And, and, and the thing is, like, none of the data, even after they used the last four years and they weighted it to the more recent game results ahead of the, the games for, and you wait for the opposition you're against, you do all those weightings and you get it closer to re- realistic, it doesn't allow for... The choke factor or the the inspiration factor that c- countries will will either lift or drop because of the the, the situation, the situation of the game. So, yeah. I mean, Morocco are doing fantastically. So, first African nation to make the semi-finals. Yep. Um, and they're so they're going up against uh, France, which uh, so they won this morning. Yes. And uh, um, you know, th- I think the sweetest thing for me was been s- seeing Cristiano Ronaldo. Depart. Yep. Um, and uh, but then I've seen people basically saying, "Why are people bagging him?" It's like he's the greatest of all times. Go, uh, no, he's not the greatest of all time. He's he's a, he's a skilled player, but I wouldn't call him the greatest of all time. Um, and so the other two teams, Croatia, they beat Brazil in, the, in a penalty shootout, and Argentina beat um, uh, the, Netherlands the Netherlands in a penalty correct shootout, so, which was quite dramatic. Mm, and that they were in front. And Netherlands uh, leveled the, leveled the match on the in the last kick of the game, basically, because yeah. um, of a free kick outside the box. And look, it's it's been entertaining. So despite what Doug says on to me on on Messenger, he's every just morning, poking yeah. you. Know, you know this, know and he's in France at the moment. Correct. So you know his his, his perspectives. So. And uh, the uh, England's going home. England is going home because of the uh, a missed penalty. They had two penalties. Mm. They scored the first one. Harry kicked the second one way over the top. Tragedy. Not even, not even close. So. Not even close. Tragedy. All right, that's enough World Cup. Um, From what I understand also that the refing in uh, in the game was not what you would like in a quarterfinal game. Uh, but I, as I did not watch it, hmm. what's your assessment? There were, there were some questionable... There were, I, I are, think, we, are we talking to the point where you start wondering whether or not the ref is going to like be putting an extra bag in his luggage when he's flying home? Or um, uh, more just, this guy is just a bad ref? Uh, well, possibly... Or is it just I, the I would bias err, of the viewers? I would err on the, the... Look, the calls that I think he stuffed up were close calls. Mm-hmm. Um People claiming that he got stuffed up. So there, there could have been a, a number of other penalties. Yeah, potentially. Now, the one I think everyone was going off on in the first half. I think the foul was outside the box. I was. I think was a foul. He didn't even pay a foul. Um, let alone let alone inside the box. Inside the box. So, but you know, it, it's football. And the thing is, now we've got the technology, and we have the VAR, and we have referees in the box who are able to advise. Almost in real time, like with the, with the offsides, yes. they it's almost it's virtually real time. Yeah, even though the, some of the early games were really slow to, to determine the VA, whether it was offside or not. But 
Um, I, I didn't have a problem with it, so I think. Um, and if you look at the uh, the XG, I think um, England weren't deserving of a win anyway. So the stat that not five minutes ago <laughs> you were bagging as being yes, yes, precisely. All right. Uh, so how about we talk about twenty twenty two? Okay, we're coming to the end of the year. Yep. Um, it's so now we're getting new s- stories about word of the year, searches of the year. So those are two I'd like to talk about. So sure. some of the some of the words of the year, um, that have been released. I think there are going to be a number more in the in the coming days. But um, so Oxford basically, what I saw today, which sort of prompted me to go down this rabbit hole, was the Oxford English Dictionary. Um, who said their word of the year is um, where was it, it was uh, goblin mode? Okay. Now I would say that's two words, but um, I, I, you're known as a pedant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so goblin mode is a neologism, neologism. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the rejection of a so, uh, societal expectation and the act of living an unkempt, hedonistic manner without concerns for one's self-image. Uh, well, when did this word come up? So but apparently, it's a uh, date. Its usage dates back to two thousand and nine, but it went viral in twenty twenty two due to a tweet. Um, you when it was tweeted by a Twitter user featuring a Photoshop news headline of an interview with the actress Julia Fox, but porting to her use of the phrase. So I, I think that's a really dodgy... And it went for viral for a month, maybe. So anyway, um, the other, other words of the year that have been announced, I think, are better than Goblin Mode. Um, so are they actually just single words? Uh, they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the uh, Merriam-Webster, mm-hmm. their word of the year is gaslighting. Okay. So that's a decent one. Uh, in Australia, the Macquarie Dictionary. Yep. Teal. <sighs> yep. Because <laughs> of the uh, impact that the teal movement had on the, on the election. So this is the great thing about living in the, in the now. Mm-hmm. You never consider. You never need to consider just how quickly you will date. Uh huh. You know, all of these phrases are going to date. Oh yeah, and you look date at, quickly. If you look at a lot of the previous uh, words that they've dated, but others haven't. So, um, in the um, the Collins English Dictionary, mm-hmm. uh, the word of the year is permacrisis. Ah, portmanteauing. I love it. Extended period of instability and insecurity, especially one resulting in from a series of catastrophic events. So, um, I like that they feel they have to provide a definition. <laughs> well, so I mean, last year's they had NFT, they had lockdown, climate strike, single use, fake news, Brexit, binge watch, photo bomb, and geek. I would say all their other ones are actually had some sort of longevity. Kinda, kinda. I mean. Longevity to me is if they're still using them in, tw- in about years, 10 years' time. 10 years' time. All right. Uh, and my definition is no more robust than anyone else's. No. So, the Cambridge Dictionary. Yep. Homer. Okay. I don't know why. Um, and the uh, National Dictionary of Australia was teal as well. So, so those are the words of the year. 
Um, and in terms of any, any comments about that? Just that. Well, what would you, if you had to cho- choose a word of the year, a word that describes 2022 in a nutshell? The problem is the word I would use, the word, would be two words. Uh-huh. Um, Let's hyphenate it, make it Greek. Or Greek would German, actually um, would uh, continue, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this year's word, it'd be probably this period's word, this uh-huh. era's word. Dumpster fire. <laughs> if you could turn into a, a into a single word German word, that would be even better. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm sure you could. Like receptacle fuhr. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, or receptacle blaze. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't even think of a, a word that I think defines 2022 to me. Well, the problem is that um, I think it uh, is a year of. disappointment mm-hmm. but weary disappointment okay like 2021 was a year of disappointment because everyone was hoping that after 2020 things would start to look a little more normal only of course it didn't yep there were still lockdowns there were still people trying to you know make hay out of the crisis there were still people saying oh well, worse because it was the year of the vaccine mm-hmm. there was also the year of the anti-vaccine yeah you know so that that came as I think a big depressing realization for a lot of people that you know a lot of their fellow human beings are uh, susceptible to ideas that aren't backed up by science, science and mm-hmm. measured data. Um, whereas this year, it's almost like, you know what, it's gonna suck, mm-hmm. and it did suck. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I can't even get outraged or upset about it because i thought that was how it was going to go you know what i mean and it's like this disappointed acceptance of it all it met my expectations but in a bad way exactly and so um you're in a situation where it's very hard to come up with a uh a word to sum up the year that's not reflective of just how terrible everything is and to be fair to the idea of teal for example mm-hmm. um in many ways it's more of a hopeful word mm-hmm. the idea that uh it is possible to enact positive change and to remove from the levers of power those people who don't deserve it correct and that to me is teal mm-hmm. now there are other people who will think of Teal as a uh, self-appointed, entitled, uh, self-righteous, um, big-talking, no-action, mm-hmm. you know, all hype, no all sizzle, no steak kind yep. of individual. And it was funny because I was reading an article talking about the Teal, the Teals in Victoria in particular who got through. Um and how they are forced at the moment to try and, I wouldn't say defend their position. It's this idea of, okay, you've gotten through the election. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be not very much more mileage from uh, the uh, former prime minister, for example, than you've currently got. Mm-hmm. Certainly not electorally. And now you're in a situation where... Um, 
you can't be the voice of protest yep. if there is a better path. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, um, David Pocock occupies a far more powerful independence position in the Senate mm-hmm. than they do in the House of Commons. Yes. Where things are different, of course, is that in the House of Commons, they can House ask- House of Representatives. When sorry, House of Representatives. Sorry, you're right. Um, brain. I hate you. Uh, We're modelled on the on the Westminster system, but <laughs> not uh, that much. We have the House of Representatives, <laughs> House of Lords. We don't we don't we don't de- de- degrade the uh, the um, MPs as calling them commoners. No. Um, what is happening in the House of Commons? <laughs> um, no. Uh, what's happening in the House of Parliament? Um, the the possibility of I wouldn't say necessarily holding the government to account, mm-hmm. but of asking the questions. Yep. Now, it's lucky that in this particular instance, I think um, they have a government that seems willing to reach out and and work with people. Mm -hmm. The downside, of course, is that Labor, to a certain extent, can claim as much of a mandate nationally as they can locally. Yep. And so, um, when they turn around and go, oh, you know, I this doesn't look right or we don't have the resources or any one of a number of complaints that I think are more um, inside the Canberra bubble Mm -hmm. than uh, are likely to affect the real, like your average Australian voter on the street. It's it's both important they do it and very hard for them to make any kind of uh, grab any attention. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, the three things that they were pushing hard to get are happening. Yeah. It may not be in the form they like or have all of the features they wanted, but they don't get the same kind of mileage they would if they were up against, say, the former government, mm-hmm. where everything is a no. Yeah. No, look, but I think, yeah. Look, we could talk about politics. But, that, like, so so I, I think I, I more view Teal's in the positive category of... Yeah. Uh, Voices for change, yes, than necessarily in the negative category of entitled uh, voices uh, representing sectional interests. Yes, and look, I think th- they are the teals are reflective of a lot of the uh, frustrations certain sections of the population had with the government of the past. Oh, totally, uh, and so. Th- um, and I think if you look at the Victorian election, mm. it didn't have that same potency. No, no, no tills got up, I believe. No. So, all right. Um, so, words of the year. So, um, not words, searches of the year. Yep. So, um, I was in, able to uh, reboot my computer because it crashed because it <laughs> unplugged. Um, so, what do you think the, the most searched word on Google was this year? Worldwide. Oh. Um. Vaccine? Wordle. 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 Because no one knew what it was. No one knew what it was. That's right. So, uh, worldwide. So, Wordle was number one. Um, uh, so, glo- globally. And this sort of, this top ten list demonstrates where the uh, English-speaking uh, population centre is. Okay. Number two, England. Uh, uh, India versus England. Mm-hmm. Number three, Ukraine. Number four, Queen Elizabeth. Number five, India versus South South Africa. Number six, World Cup. Number seven, India versus West Indies. 
<laughs> number eight, iPhone 14. Number nine, Jeffrey Dahmer. Number 10, Indian Premier League. Nice. So, um, in, in the Quantity US, is a quality mm, all of its own. So, in the US, it's Wordle, election results, Betty White, Queen Elizabeth, Bob Saget, a Ukraine, Mega Million, Powerball Numbers, Anne Hesch, and Jeffrey Dahmer. So, Google's basically... Why is Jeffrey Dahmer popular again? Because of the Netflix series. Thank you. So, um, people work. So, that also appears in the, in the lists of series that are available. So... Um, t- top 10 TV shows for 2022 that are searched on Google Euphoria, House of Dragons, Moon Knight, The Watcher, in- Inventing Anna, Dharma, The Boys, um, All of Us Are Dead, Sandman and Heartstopper, and then the movies basically Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Adam and Maverick, and a few others, and Canto was number five. So, yeah, so, so Google's come out with the, uh, the lists of their most searched terms for the year, even though we've still got half a month to go. <laughs> Um, but you know, only a pedant would worry about that. That's right. None of those here. None of those here, no. Uh, in Australia, so I found the Australian list. Uh, Wordle, Australian Open, World Cup, Shane Warne, Ukraine, Novak Djokovic, Ashes, um, Ash Barty, Olivia Newton-John, and Betty White. So, and then they break it into like world events, Aussies, um, See, global uh, figures, I, losses. I, I, I kind of take heart in some of that. Mm. Because a lot of it's just so very normal. Correct. No, you know, it's they, they they check what the sports results are because mm-hmm. you you can. Yep. Uh, they heard a rumor that someone who was famous has passed, yep. so you check it out. Yep. Uh, you check up on uh, your, your your favorite movie or a movie you're going to go and see. Like, is it worth it? Yep. And yeah. So. Um, what surpri- or some weird term that a friend of yours has used. You okay. go, what the hell is that? What's, I think, surprising in terms in, in the sports category, number one is the Australian Open, but I think that's because of the Novak Djokovic um, combined. combined story yeah. of that. Uh, in terms of recipes, what do you reckon is the most searched recipe in Australia? Mm, don't be lamingtons. No. Good. Dal. Dal. So, dal, easy sauce recipe, drunken chicken recipe, uh, mashed potato recipe, salmon p- patties, jaffles, fish tacos, Egg salad, um, buttercream icing, and lamb stew. There you go. Yeah. So look, and there's a whole lot of other things. So some some cool, interesting stuff uh, in the in the lists. Um, we should probably do a, another station break and a song. It is twenty past eleven. I can't believe that. Almost chewed through an hour. Rocketing through. All right. So how about we do a station break? I can now play a song because my computer's come back on. Like an actual song. Um, <laughs> wow. Critique. Um, not, not You're not the only pedant. <laughs> no. Um, so I like my songs with, you know, tunes and music. What, what sort of song would you like? What's my choices? Oh, there are heaps of choices. You've got endless choices. I'll give you the number three. You can interpret it as you will. The number three. Um, World Cup. World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about I play this one? Cool. All right. So, Station Break song and we'll be back in a little while. And we're back. And aren't you glad for that? that? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Sorry, I it's not even good enough to be the, Swiss, the, the <laughs> Swedish chef. It's uh, El, El Chambo with a chacaron. It's a chacaron? It's mumble, mumble rap. It's one Sounds of the songs like that it. doesn't actually have any lyrics in it, so. Oh, there you go. You know, I just... Uh, 
I discovered I've heard it before in basically usually in clips in TikTok or something like that. But uh, when I heard it as a, it was an actual real song, I go, I gotta get this. You gotta find this. <laughs> and, and, and he's re-released a new version, Shakaron 2.0. It's not as good as the original. Can't wait for that one. Mm, no. All right, how about we, uh, we we get into some of the other stuff? It's not rocket surgery here on ninety eight point nine Northwest FM, eleventh of December two thousand and twenty two, uh, with uh, Andrew and Vlado in the studio. That's right, ninety eight point nine Northwest FM, science, technology, and culture at R C K T S R G R Y. That's rocket surgery, no vowels. No vowels. Eleven twenty seven, eleven twenty five, according to this one. Uh, yes, uh, some stories. Uh, tech. What tech stories? Tech. Oh, I saw this today. I had to had to share it. Satellite images show that Saudi Arabia has actually started building the line. Remember we spoke yes. about the line. So basically, the the multi-kilometer, like hundred and fifty-kilometer long building that's going to be. They've actually started building it. You, the wall. You can see it from uh, from space. Great Wall of Saudi Arabia. So, I, I, yeah. Anyway, I don't understand why. Why you'd want to build it in a you know in a line, <laughs> but they're doing it. So they're doing it. So yes, um, they apparently satellite images show that uh, come from Changgang Guang Satellite Technology Corporation. Um, on October the twenty second, the main base camp is located at uh, basically gives you the longitude and latitude on the eastern side of Saudi Arabia Peninsula, and it basically involves an Australian company as well. So um, the Australian company called Soar. They are helping with the. Uh, construction as opposed to uh s-o-a-r not s-o-r-e or s-a-w uh, that too yes <laughs> would you like to play a game <laughs> sore as in an eagle not sore as in <laughs> something that hurts <laughs> and it applies to the other two ends yes so. that is true uh, in other random tech news that's not random because I've categorized it haven't I um, the oh the latest material there's a new material I don't know how much you love materials. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's the the latest, toughest material on Earth. A metallic alloy of chromium, cobalt, and nickel. C-R-C-O-N-I. <laughs> it almost, they can almost like mix it up to give you a name of like, okay, it's, you know, the, it's the material of bugger off. <laughs> uh, as amazed scientists, thanks to its properties, the material is impressive st- Impressively strong, meaning it's resistant to permanent deformation, and at the same time remains extremely ductile, meaning it's highly malleable. See, I have a problem with this. Yeah. Although, um, actually, no, no, it makes sense when they say it, it's resistant to uh, duct. Uh, sorry, uh, to uh, plastic deformation. deformation. Yeah. Permanent. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, it makes sense then that it's very ductile because mm-hmm. it's how you resist being correct. So it's not strong as much as stretchy. <laughs> it's Spanx. <laughs> Spanx. You make it. Uh, you make stretchy pants from it. Out <laughs> of chrome, uh, chromium, cobalt, nickel. Uh, together, very heavy pro- and ugly. <laughs> 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 the nice you liked it. Uh, <laughs> it's medieval Spanx. Um, together, the two properties from uh, the measurement of toughness and chromium. Uh, chromium cobalt nitrate is by far the toughest material on earth um, it's basically part of the high entropy alloy family um, and so, so we, when you design a structure material you want it to be strong but also ductile and resili- resilient to fracture a uh, project co-leads basically said typically uh, it's it's a compromise between these properties 
but this material is both. And instead of becoming brittle at low temperatures, it gets tougher. Okay. Because I actually tested it in uh, at as close to absolute zero as I could, so that can they use this in space stuff? Yep. So, uh, so the toughness of the of the material near liquid helium temperatures, um, so minus four hundred twenty four degrees Fahrenheit, is as high as uh, five hundred megapascal square. Root. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> stuff. really. I don't, and what's the Young's modulus? Who cares? It's like. Just say how tough it is in relation to materials we already know about. So, yes. So, basically, the material is now being developed for different applications, but due to the cost for it to create, its research is currently considering a good candidate for extreme environments such as deep space. So, See, uh, when you say extreme environments, I'm thinking more like, you know, journey to the centre of the Earth rather than out into space. <laughs> I don't know if they've tested it at high temperatures, they've, well, but they've tested it at low temperatures. It's not a tough temperature. It's not a tough material then. I don't know what its melting point is. Mm-hmm. It depends what the melting point is. Um, so now, all well, it needs to be is a really terrible thermal conductor, mm. and that would be uh, it. Would be tough then. You know, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. Rancid meat. Okay, go on. Yeah, a new biosensor can tell when the food has gone off. So basically, they've uh, scientists have created a sensor that basically exists on a piece of paper, and they apply the piece of paper to meat, and it tell you whether it's rancid or not, to the point where before it's detectable in humans, okay, by humans. So humans usually sort of it's in that in between zone when you sort of might have left it out for a day longer than it still doesn't smell, it's still got its color okay, but you're not sure. It sh- people should follow the idea. If there's any doubt, Throw there it is out. no doubt. But that's but that's the problem now because that's part of the reason why we have such great food waste issues. So a lot, I think almost over half half all the food produced is thrown out. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's being thrown out when it's obviously gone off, not when uh, it's like, oh, maybe. Yeah, well, but if, if there's a piece have of paper... Have you pa- seen my fridge? If there's a piece of paper that you can... Can, could use to say whether the meat is safe to eat or not and you got to the point where you actually sort of in that mm, should I and you had a piece of paper that said oh, this is actually there's nothing wrong with it so basically it measures um, a, a compound in uh, rotting meat called um, pet- petrescan <laughs> as in it sounds like a Something you'd like. Would you like some Petrescan with that, sir? It sounds like a wine, <laughs> like a Chianti. So, or a cheese. A cheese, yeah. <laughs> so basically it's responsible for the hor- horrendous smell that comes from rotting meat um, in large enough quantities that can actually cause food poisoning. So, um, But this piece of paper, a uh, synthetic paper-based biosensor detects the presence of this Petrescan even in lower levels. So before you could tell with your eye or on your nose. Your nose. So... No. They're not currently looking at making this available to consumers yet, but it could be something that's used in food industry. So, yeah, as the, as so the, you want the, the restaurant hotel and yeah. the restaurant uh, so. going, still good. Yeah. <laughs> and you think from from a from a, a scale problem that they would have greater need for something like this to know that one you're not going to poison back on the menu, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that was a cool development. Um, the, the, the uh, guide to why advanced uh, we'll skip the AI destruction. Um, <laughs> AI chatbot. So, uh, have you heard? You've heard of um, GPT. So, basically, the GPT is the the uh, text AI that basically writes can write papers and articles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, OpenAI has basically released a 
a stripped down version of it called Chat um, GPT. Okay. Um, you can play with it. I've played with it. And I've created a couple of uh, scripts with it. So, um, can I write a technical report with it? Yes, you can. So, um, I wrote a blog article about it. Nice. So, and actually, it was pretty good. So basically, what I did was, um, if I can get up the, uh, the, I, I didn't copy the blog article into the thing. Um, I wrote an, an article about Soccer Australia. Right. Um, more, more uh, precisely, um, the AI wrote a static story about Soccer Australia, where I basically said, um, write a, write a, uh, an article about. Uh, junior soccer fees in mm-hmm. and, and and Australia soccer Australia's now is it writing an article based on the thing you've asked to write it on or is it writing an article based on your style of writing? Uh, so it based on what you give it a prompt. Yeah. So I guess um, I don't have a copy of the prompts that are money grabbing gouges. <laughs> um, so uh, so after I, I wrote the article about jun- junior fees in, right. in Soccer Australia's um, involvement, I said write an essay about Graham Arnold, um, about why Graham Arnold is not the right coach for the soccer Socceroos at Qatar twenty twenty two. Okay. Now this is only trained on data that pre is up to 2021 so it doesn't right. have anything more so it current. doesn't know what the result was no. so and but basically this, and that, that was that was it that was a prompt so it's trained on um pre-existing pre 2021 stuff and whatever you write and that was what i wrote and it's basically the first paragraph as of as the 2022 world cup in qatar approaches there is no denying that the socceroos face an uphill battle to succeed in the at the on the international stage despite a strong showing at the recent asia cup the team has struggled in recent years and is currently ranked 36 in the world in the in this context it is clear that the team needs a strong and experienced coach to lead them to succeed at the world cup unfortunately graham arnold is not that coach it's a solid start, and it. it <laughs> now I'm worried about just how much I've read in papers. Going, I know, and that's the thing. And so uh, going through it, I've, I found a couple uh, errors in there in making claims that I, I believe are not wrong. So I won't go any further. You uh, believe are not wrong. I believe are wrong. So right. I, I believe are incorrect. So more like yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with them, but you know, if I publish them, we could be sued. <laughs> Um, but what I got to do is basically, so if you click on one, um, there's a script I got it to write. I said I told it to write a a comic sketch yep. about um, people, three presenters in a in a community radio station. Um, that can't go wrong. So. This is Radio Presenter 1. Welcome to Community Radio, uh, where we bring you the best local news and entertainment. Today, we're talking about the hot topic, comedy written by AI chatbots. And I made it meta. So it's sort of make a comedy sketch about radio presenters talking about AI chatbots. It. <laughs> uh, it is not possible for a computer to be funny. Radio Presenter 2. I don't know. I've heard there's some, uh, real, some real zingers from my Alexa. <laughs> presenter 3. I think it's possible, but... It would definitely be kind, uh, a different kind of humour. Instead of jokes, it would probably be more like witty ob- observations or clever f- wordplay. Uh, presenter 1. Well, let's hear some examples. I've got a few here that I found online. Here's the first one. Why did the, why was the computer cold? Because it left the window open. Uh, presenter 2. Oh, that's ter- oh, no, that's terrible. I think my Alexa could do better than that. Radio Presenter 3, 
I don't know. I think that's got some a certain charm. It's like a dad joke, but made by a computer. <laughs> Presenter one. Okay. I feel better, actually. I realize okay. we've got a little more life than these three. <laughs> okay. Presenter one. Okay. Here's another one. Why did the robot go to therapy? Because it had a lot of microprocessors. Presented too. Now that's just sad. Robots have feelings too, you know. Uh, I think that it's trying to be clever, but it's just not hitting the mark. Maybe we we should give the AI chatbot a break and stick to the human comedians. Agreed. Thanks for turning up, folks. And this is Community Radio, where you bring your best to local news and entertainment. And now a word from our sponsors. Don't trust the AI chatbots for your comedy needs. <laughs> And remember, gentlemen, it's not sponsors, it's community no, service no. announcements. Um, but Just then, to train our you know, AI replacements properly. Then I tried to get it to do uh, a little bit more, and it completely failed. Um, As opposed to partial <laughs> fail. I, I would call that a success, because basically I, I then told it to write a situational comedy scene at a suburban community radio station at a recording... Uh, at the recording of the radio show and podcast called It's Not Rocket Surgery, the characters' names of Lado and Andrew. And basically, it 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 failed. <laughs> it failed. It's a, we it cannot. completely ignored the word comedy because there's absolutely zero fun. It's not even attempts to jokes have jokes in there. Maybe it's just really dry, witty observations. Yeah, and it talks about um, yeah humans and spacecraft, and, and it was like no, it was like how engineers build spacecraft and why it's important to save people's lives and all that sort of stuff. Jeez, these people sound very serious. I know. All right. Um, what else we got in the uh, the, the, the chatbot stuff? Um, our metaverse we can skip. Oh, the, the San Francisco police have said that uh, they are now allowed the use of robots to kill people. <laughs> uh, uh, correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong here, but... Didn't a person who looks suspiciously like me <laughs> predict something along these lines not you that did. long yeah, ago? Yeah. In a move right out of sci-fi movie set in the grim uh, corporate... Grim dark future. Corrupt <laughs> San Francisco is on the cusp of authorising the use of killer robots by police. On Tuesday, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted in favour of approving a policy that allows police to use robots with lethal th- force when risk of loss of life to members or the public or officer is imminent and an officer cannot subdue the threat using after using alternative force options to de-escalate the tactic. Now, I believe that's the requirements that they have to use a taser, and I completely ignore that anyway. Um, and I think um, in a different story, I don't think it's in the article, they said, don't worry, don't worry, we're not giving the robots guns. They're gonna so be- what are they going to do, beat us to death with their no, appendages? No, it's going to be... Uh, um, Small-scale explosives. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that worry. can't go wrong. It's not going to have a gun. It's going to you know, small charge. Basically, so you're going to have uh, robot suicide bombers right. subduing suspects. That's right. You know, Shoot the robot, <laughs> preferably in the chest so that it just explodes and Correct. kills all of its erstwhile colleagues around it. Uh-huh, absolutely. Um, I've seen that movie. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, there was one more story which from, from a few weeks ago. Basically, um, in uh, the Detroit uh, terminal, Delta has set up a, a virtual reality port, parallel universe port, basically, where you walk through this port 
And your baggage is uh, handled appropriately and everything arrives on time. (laughs) You have a wonderful holiday. Don't be be ridiculous. You just say an alternate reality. Yeah, but it's not a utopia. Ah. So this, this, basically, you walk through this. What terrible experience do you get going down this path? You walk through a gate and you walk up. um, So once you walk through the gate, uh, the AI uses computer vision to detect who you are it knows who you are and so it knows what plane you're getting on so when you look up at a board you see all your details for your flight the person standing next to you does not see what you see so unless he's on my flight no because because it'll be addressed to you it'll tell you your seat number it'll tell you it'll address you by name and they do not see what you're seeing, they see what they, they're seeing. So you see what I see. So basically, it, it, it combines the um, directionality of the screen so they're able to um, uh, customise the view um, so to, to, customize to, where, to where you're standing. Yeah, but to where you're standing. So basically, you can have like five people standing in a row and each of them sees something different on the screen. And But it's using computer vision. Basically, you walk through, bang, all right, Andrew, you're going to Sydney. You're on this flight. Here's your seat number. Bang. Do they have to give you like a headset to do all no. of this? No. It's purely unaugmented. Basically, it's using computer vision and the smart... And smart glass. The almost. smart board. Yeah. yeah. So well, There you go. That's cool. And innovation. It's only at one airport at the moment. So I just love this idea that everyone gets delayed, 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 <laughs> delayed, delayed. You know. It's like, is yours delayed? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Could have combined all that on the one screen, couldn't they? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And you can't ask somebody to tell you what your, your flight details were because, you know. Delayed. They can't see it. Cancelled. Anyway. Cancelled. All right. Uh, so that, that's that's the tech stuff. Is that outside or inside? I think that's outside. It must be outside because I've got nothing turned on. Anyway. I've just got hoons in the car park. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's tech. So, we'll go to a song and then we'll just come back and do space and biology. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. All right. Let me just insert that into the playlist and uh, hit play. That was me, not Pit Puddles. Yes. It's, it's sort of like a 20-second sound of wind and rain. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> Earth, wind and fire without the fire. Oh, yes, that was Puddles Pity Party with War Pigs. Yes. Every word there except war has pee in it. Good thing I got this spit thing guard on. <laughs> All right. Yes. Um, yes. Apparently, uh, somebody didn't like uh, my earlier music. <laughs> Sorry, Maria. Uh, if I'd known he was going to do that, I would have strangled him in his sleep. <laughs> my, my question is, I don't know why I'm not getting the notifications for uh, for those things. So, he didn't know. Never mind. All right. So, how about we move on to the next category? What, Let's what, do it. It is uh, 11.50 here on 98.9 Northwest FM. Ticking along. Ticking along. So, Artemis 1. Coming back, baby. The Orion spacecraft. I'm coming back for you, baby. It's, it's going back like England back. going back to England. Yeah. Going home. Uh, so the Artemis 1 Orion is basically splashing down on the 11th of December US time. Yeah. So I think it worked out to be about like 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning our time. So it's a few hours away. 
So inconsiderate. Uh, so the end is in sight for NASA's historic Artemis One mission. So it went around the moon and came back, and, and has come back. It's Apollo eighted. Apollo eight. Uh, Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, so this is the unmanned version. Uh, Artemis two will actually have people do the same same yeah. trick, and Apollo uh, Artemis three will be landing on the moon. Yes. Uh, so it's scheduled to splash down in the Pacific on Sunday uh, of, off the west coast of Baja, California. Yep. So at um, twelve forty EST. Which when I did the calculation before the show, it was basically three three forty a.m. Yep. So in uh, in about four hours. Cool. Um, and it wrapped up. Will wrap up its twenty six day mission that began at the pre dawn launch on the November sixteenth, and you can watch it basically on NASA TV if you are, you know, if you're up you, for that sort of thing. If you're up, you know, you're not getting out for the World Cup today and tomorrow, so you can. That's right. None of your teams are still in the, in the cup anymore. <laughs> no, it's, well, might as well just watch. A, it's, it's a few days rest before the semifinals on uh, midweek. So, so yes, it's it's coming back. Nice. So that'll be interesting. So if uh, they're able to stick the landing. So the the interesting thing about this is basically it's going to do a uh, skim. A skim? It's going to be skimming across the atmosphere. It's going to bounce off the atmosphere before it re-enters. So basically... And the reason they want to do that is why? So take off a little bit of the speed, ah. um, and make it, and so they can actually land it closer to the shore, uh, so they don't have to actually have as many people out there waiting for, for it. it. Yeah, so they're hoping yeah. to like. Uh, so and I've, they've done this in the past with a number of things. So basically, the, it's a technique that they've honed. Uh, first tried in, in the Apollo um, era. Yeah. Um, but yes, they're. Um, Basically, using this, it's it's like skimming a rock on the on the surface of the water. Yep. So the first mm. one will bounce it out and a little hopefully bit, and they then don't get it wrong because otherwise it'll skip off and we'll be <laughs> hearing about it in fifty years time when we finally Correct. catch up. To so it. look, they've been using it for robotic craft for a while, and uh, basically this is going to be the first time since Apollo that they're going to be trying to do it with a manned mission. Okay. So yes. Um. All right, and yeah. That, that's all. Moving on. Moving on. Um, moving on. Uh, so the Japanese billionaire who was basically paid for, to be the first space tourist yep. on SpaceX, uh, uh, Yasuka Maizawa picked K-pop star T.O.P., DJ Steve Aoki and uh, to, to join their SpaceX mission to the moon. Oh, dear. Yeah, so if you remember, he's basically uh, an artist. Yep. Um, billionaire artist. Um, and hey, man, I just want to be music. He bought every seat on the maiden voyage. Yep. And he, he created an art installation to basically advertise to get other people on board. People on board. Um, and has been working since 2018 um, and would follow his... Yeah, so he's, he went... In the Soyuz in 2021, yep, up to the ISS for 12 days, um, and he's been. That's what you can do when you're that rich. Uh, his pick were announced by Mr. Mayazawa on Twitter, and on a website that was dubbed the Dear Moon Project. So uh, remember, the Dear Moon Project had a art and. It yep. was, uh, 
the fashion tycoon and his crew would become the first passengers on a SpaceX flyby of the moon as a commercial firms, including Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, uh, Ashton New Age of Space Travel for wealthy clients. Aboard the uh, the Starship vehicle, the mission is scheduled to take eight days from launch and return to Earth, including three days circling the moon. I know that I would want to spend three days circling the moon. It kind of, I figure after the first half a day, I've pretty much seen everything I want to see. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. not a cruise ship. <laughs> no. Uh, and so there's got to be a point at some, at some point there where, you know, everyone's joking and laughing and after day two of the yeah, moon voyage, it's like, of- let's wrap this up or we'll be eating each other before we get back. Yeah, I think there's probably going to be some trading involved. Um, to make sure that they're, they're, they're gainfully occupied. Well, they're able to um, last the trip without killing each other. So, that, see that uh, whole social interaction. I think of it kind of like imagine being sick with COVID mm-hmm. with two other people in the same room. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to leave. Not even to go to a station like toilet break. Yeah, and, and you don't have internet. You have nothing. Yeah, you have nothing. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, other people on, on board are Indian actor, actor Dev, uh, Yoshi or Joshi. Well, that's good. Cause he'll be able to pretend that he didn't murder the others. Uh-huh. Uh, U.S. figure skater, Caitlin Farrington and Japanese dancer, uh, Miyu. Wow. Um, How many people is that? So it's eight, eight people have been named. I think a few of them are backups. Oh, Okay. So, on Monday, um, Mr. Mayozawa flagged an update of the Lunar Exploration tweeting he would, uh, he'd held online meeting Mr. Musk and was readily readying the big announcement for, about space. So, Well, there you go. So, you know, those billionaires going to be in there. They got to. What else are they going to do with their money? You oh, know. I know. Dude, feed the poor. <laughs> Cure the sick. Yeah. Uh, in other space news, the Square Kilometre Array Telescope in Western Australia has begun uh, construction. Right. So this is basically the uh, the SKA, SCAR. SCAR. SCAR uh, has officially begun. Uh, situated deep in the outback in Western Australia, more than um, 100,000 antennas will be built across 74 kilometres in the Murchison region. Region. Uh, of on uh, Wajara, Wajari country as mm-hmm. a part of a $3 billion project involving 16 countries. There you go. So uh, from memory, I think um, the, the area that they've selected is a radio uh, dead zone. You are not allowed to use any electrical devices within like 74 kilometres or 70 kilometres of, of, of the site. Yep. Um, so, so that basically they can guarantee that all the radio waves that they're getting are coming from, are coming from not local sources. Correct. So, and and similarly uh, in the other fifteen countries, um, they're yeah in desolated, secluded areas that they can actually set up um, thousands of, of radio telescopes, and basically they're creating a telescope dish basically the size of the Earth. <laughs> Cool. Absolutely. It's really cool. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Schinkel said the idea of building a massive telescope to further our understanding of the universe came about in the early 90s, uh, and by 2003, the SCAR project had begun. So, it's only taken them 20 years to get it from... From idea to actual... Mm-hmm. It's built. Um, so, the uh, 
It became apparent that they looked back at the earliest epochs of the universe's evolution just as the Big Bang. So basically they're looking at, they realise, the early telescopes basically showed them that they're going to be looking in the radio frequencies. So, um, And basically the, the data will start flowing in four or five years. There you go. So, and these radio telescopes, it almost looks like white Christmas trees. <laughs> so, love it. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, some future announcements coming out of the uh, Square Kilometre Array. Uh, so the James Webb, Space, James Webb Space Telescope conferred one of the furthest galaxies ever discovered. Nice. It's so like 330 million years after the Big Bang was developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically 33 billion light years from us. Um, so basically, yeah, just around the corner. Yeah, so they used redshift and and uh, you know the the accuracy of these telescopes basically allow them to to look further back, further away. That is very cool. Looking at oh shit, oh shit, old. <laughs> I have this picture now of the guys just scanning the cosmos, and then they see something, and they go, oh shit, <laughs> see that's why we built it. This moment, that's oh. why we built it. Yep. Uh, in other James Webb Space Telescope news, the it's detected exoplanet uh, James Webb Space Telescope dis- detects molecules transformed by sunlight in exoplanet atmosphere. Ah, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so as uh, the astronomers have detected molecules transformed by sunlight you know, in the atmosphere of an alien planet for the first time, the conver- uh, conversion of molecules by sunlight is seen on many planets in our solar system, including Earth, where the process creates ozone, the discovery of molecule of sulfur dioxide in the atmosphere of the big gas giant known as WASP-39b by the James Webb Space Telescope shows that this process is also happens on planets outside of our solar system. Wow. Um, so I think they suspected it would, but, you know, this validate and verify. That's right. So this is the first time uh, they see concrete evidence of photochemistry. <laughs> so Very nice. Excellent. It just, just James Wood just keeps kicking goals. Goals. Um, Worth every penny. Two and there min- were a lot of pennies. Two minerals um, never seen before outside of Earth have been found in a 17-ton meteorite. Okay. Um, I think it landed in Australia. Oh, no, Somalia. So, Somalia in 2020. So, two minerals that have never been seen before on Earth could have been discovered Inside a massive meteorite in Somalia, uh, this is an important clue of how the asteroid was formed. The two brand new minerals were found inside a single two and a half ounce slice taken from a sixteen point five ton El Ali meteorite, which was found in twenty twenty. Scientists named the minerals uh, Elar Light for the meteor and El Castantonite. There you go. So. Yeah, finding new stuff in in you know, well you just find a meter, you just cut. And there's nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing dangerous going to be in there. Nothing. They've never, never watched. Movies have never given us the impression that something bad could happen. No, they've never watched X Files, obviously. <laughs> uh, what else we got in space? Um, the James Webb detector molecules. We did that. Did I skip one? Um, no, I haven't. No, I've been so good. You're telling it twice. <laughs> The and uh, the James Webb, uh, no Mars rover. I haven't, I haven't spoken about Mars for a while. That is true. You have not. 
the Mars rover inspects a tantalizing rock for clues of ancient life. Um, ancient and moo moo. Uh Perseverance rover is determined to tease out. Mars' secrets, especially when it comes to seeking evidence of ancient microbial life, the World Explorer is investigating a spot called Yori Pass in a long-gone river delta region of the Jezero uh, Crater. The crater is believed to have once f- been flooded with water early in Mars' history, and the delta may have once carried the molecules required for life. The rover found some rocks there that have it. Um, excited scientists back on Earth. There you go. Um, Percy, that's what they're calling it now, Percy. Percy. We'll aim to collect rock samples at Yuri Pass. The feature is so tantalising that scientists, because it's sandstone, which is composed of fine grains that have been carried from elsewhere by water before settling and forming stone. Uh, the crater's history of water is a big reason NASA chose it to, to land there. There you um, go. So uh, the rover used an abrasion tool to clean off the bit of the rock and look beneath the dusty surface. It uncovered veins of lighter material within the beige surroundings um, and they're hoping that might hold clues to life. There you go. There you go. amazing stuff. You know, we're not all uh, fun and games here. Sometimes, you know, cool stuff happens too. And sometimes we read uh, scripts written by (laughs) artificial intelligence. (laughs) We do. All right. Um, I think we should do another station break, another song. It is uh, four past 12. I know. This um, is just and, crazy. And then we can wrap up with the biology stories. We can. So, uh, station break song and back in a little while. We'll be back in a sec. And we're back. Yes, yeah, some Johnny Cash. Stealing yet another song. With uh, U2's one. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not U2's one. Johnny Cash's one. What is Johnny Cash's one now? That's right. Uh, so yes, and um, sorry, Maria. I I now see the uh, posts. Oh, I hate Facebook's new app because basically it doesn't notice for me of of uh, actual changes to uh, to the uh, it's not rocket surgery page. If I'm not logged into it's not rocket surgery, where in the past it used to. No. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for nothing. That's right. You suck. Yeah, you've been spending all this time on Meta and screwing up everything else. That's right. So No one wants to be part of your virtual reality world. Well, that's, yes, there's leaks of people leaving that place, so we, um, it's one of the stories we haven't gotten to. <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk about the Tasmanian Tigers. Go on. So um, the last Tasmanian Tiger, basically, uh, they didn't know where the body went. Or skeleton, or the, the pelt. Um, the lost remains of the last known Tasmanian tiger has been found at the museum, solving a zoological mystery. So basically, it had been um, miscategorized and put in the wrong spot for like 50 years. Anyone who's had to deal with databases mm-hmm. just knows what that feeling is like. It's yeah. like, oh, so the entry that I thought was there actually yep. was there, but you stored it under baby clothes. Mm-hmm. Instead yep. of babushka or something. Correct. So, the remains of the last known thylacine, thought to be lost for more than 85 years, were kept in a cupboard in the Tasmania Museum for decades, with their significant uh, significance only being realised. Um, the female thylacine, or Tasmanian tiger, died in Hobart Zoo on September 7th, uh, 1936, um, and supposedly transferred to the museum and art gallery, a Tasmanian museum and art gallery. But 
uh, has long been assumed it was um, skin and skeleton went missing. Okay. Essentially, basically, um, it was supposed to be categorised as a zoological, uh, in a a zoological section. It was sent to the, the educational section. So basically, the pelt has got evidence of where it was taken to schools, and kids would be let to, to pet the the pelt. Pet the dead. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, so uh, the it was yeah, so it's just in the wrong spot. There yeah. you go. Miscategorized, um, and so that also then triggered. Um, apparently, there was a Victorian. Which is one of the other stories. A Victorian who created stories about the the final thylacine and named it Benjamin, right? Because he supposedly went to the zoo and knew the zookeeper well, and 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 the last thylacine was called Benjamin, and and the zookeeper and and would they would feed him live rabbits and all that sort of stuff, and um, because of the at the time the story never went across Bass Strait. It was just local to Melbourne, Victoria, in Victoria. Um, so j- recently, somebody at the uh, Tasmanian Art Gallery um, heard the story and go, uh, there's so many jokes you could make about, you know, how slow uh, <laughs> the news travels correct. over the pond. Um, but said, heard the story, go, this is bullshit, but went and validated it because the daughter of the zookeeper who was responsible for the, the last thylacine was still alive and has memories of... Um, the pet, so, and she confirmed. I've never heard of this guy. He never worked at the Hobart Zoo. He's full of shit. And the the thylacine was a female, not a male. And we did not name it. And we did not feed live animals to to the the thylacines or any of their. So animals. the story is now dead. It is, but the thing is that just like the thylacine, that that story has been reported in like the Smithsonian magazine. Oh, it's, for sure, there are numerous. Retellings of this story, so they said to correct the record, it's going to take ages. Well, but you know, you know they're on it. Yep, <laughs> they're putting their top men. On <laughs> top it. men. Top men. All right. So, um, in other uh, stories, oh, this one appeared in um, appeared in uh, IFL Science when I was going through patents leading to unfair affairs in co- committed relationships identified in a new study. Sorry, can I have that again? Patterns leading to affairs in committed relationships has been identified in a new study. There you go. So the pattern is... Putting their uh, hoo-hoo in the what's-its. <laughs> That's... <laughs> basically the... Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. No. A new study has identified a pattern of gradual relationship decline prior to one person having an affair. And once the the affair happens, very rarely does a healthy relationship occur afterwards. The results suggest that, uh, there's the word, suggests that there's a clear decrease in well-being prior to such a dramatic event and uh, which may help explain and identify which such choices are made in the relationship. There you go. So, and and it talks about depression and and, Uh um, um, lack of contact and intimacy and stuff like that, so... um, it, it it was like nine nine hundred people nine hundred and forty seven people in Germany, three hundred and six perpetrators of infidelity and three hundred and thirty eight victims. I go that doesn't work unless there's uh, I, I don't know how that works. Anyway, no, not the strong seat, obviously of the people involved. Well, you know, I guess maybe maybe no, I, I can't see how it works. 
So I guess maybe some of the victims became perpetrators themselves, perhaps, with other perpetrators. Anyway. Well. So anyway, it's, you, can, you can see a pattern of, of putting your hoo-hoo in your what's it. Uh-huh. Somebody else's what's it. Yes. Who knew? <laughs> Somebody else's what's it. It shouldn't be. Uh, we should probably talk about the ones I promised I'll talk about. So farts. Go on. Farts tell you more about your health than uh, you would think. Than you think. Uh, now scientists are listening. So an open video after... Uh, <laughs> as David Akella opened video after video of diarrhea this year, it struck him. This is not oh. what he expected to be doing for his PhD. So a mechanical engineer student at uh, uh, Georgia Tech, he researches fluid dynamics. <laughs> He's currently working Solid mechanics, man <laughs> Solid mechanics Demystify the acoustics of urination, flatulence and diarrhea His team is training an AI to recognise and analyse the sound of each bathroom phenomenon In fact, each uh, research suggests that tracking the flow of your excretions could benefit public health So, uh, Ancella and Mia Gatlin, an aerospace engineer at uh, Georgia Tech uh, research Institute created a mechanical device loaded with pumps, nozzles, and tubes meant to recreate the physics and sounds of human body functions. That'd be a cool program. <laughs> How, uh, like uh, this is and this is the classic. He's left it to the last minute to get his uh, you know final year yep. project up and running. He just gets the novelty joke bag yep. pro- pro- programs. Uh, he named it the synthetic human acoustic reproduction test machine. Or shart. Shart. Uh, shart is now preparing an AI algorithm. You see that cat shart's a bad mother. Shut up. <laughs> but I'm talking about shart. Shart. He's preparing algorithms to <laughs> one day. You can save pay. every one of us. <laughs> do, 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 do. You started with flash. The shaft went to flash. That's, it's a mashup. <laughs> Flashed. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) Um, Keep going. He's now preparing an AI algorithm to one day pick up the deadly diseases like cholera and to stop outbreaks in his tracks. According to a presentation at last week's American uh, Physical Society, annual fluid dynamics conference, uh, Ancella and Gatlin results haven't yet been published in peer-reviewed journal. Because they're too busy laughing. <laughs> so yes, um, and yes, they got a they got a diarrhea detector. Next thing you know, he'll be claiming uh, whoopee cushions on his uh, his taxes. Yes. So there's a there's a decently long article here. So you know, if you want to look it up, just uh, innovations in fart monitoring. Just just Google it. It's all just hot air. <laughs> um, oh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, speaking of uh, farts, animal. Cows fart a lot. They do. That's the whole problem. It is. Like the idea of uh, that's how the methane gets out. It is. Uh, smart watches, uh, smart watch wearing cows and smart farms are the future, says scientists. Is that so that you can work out when they're about to fart and you can rush out with a tank of <laughs> a hose? Plug. <laughs> um, so you just put a bottle there and just the, capture the, the, the cows. Me- methane capture. <laughs> Oh, that's a moving joke. It is. Uh, <laughs> arming cows with smart watches could prove an ideal way to make smart farms healthy, happier, and greener, according to a team of researchers from China. 
In a new theoretical study, researchers in Southwest Jiangtong uh, University in China proposed the idea of fitting cows with smartwatch sensors that were powered by their own steps. They argued that this could gather data on the health, reproductive location and environment condition of cattle which in turn could help improve food safety and supply chain efficiency uh, i wouldn't necessarily say one follows the other but hey what do i know no uh since the sensors would be powered by kinetic energy the animal's leg movements they would they come as no extra environmental cost on ranch monitoring environment and health information the cattle can help prevent diseases and improve efficiency of pasture breeding and management so um the information could include oxygen concentration, air temperature, humidity, amount of exercise, reproductive cycles, disease and milk production. The team initially looked at whether solar or wind energy could be used to harness the power. Clearly it's wind. <laughs> uh, or um, powered the wireless sensors, but they feared it would be too uh, reliant on um, temperamental weather. So basically using the basically, you know, self-charging watches. Unless, of course, the cow just stands still. Well, you know, but then, but they, they can't stand still the whole time. Well, they have to jiggle enough that actually they generate they, they enough energy jumps. to, yeah, have those the cows with the sweatbands. Get, get them reliant on the on on. Let's get physical. Get them physical. Count, counting their steps. So, I don't know. Uh, researchers also floated the idea. Mood, John. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> that, that's almost AI oh, yeah. quality. What uh, you don't realise is actually it sent me that request and said, I have no idea how I'm going to write this script. And I said, it's all right, I got you covered, buddy. And I went... Yeah. And then hit send. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what... It, actually, oh, I think I've got the chat, but I could probably say, give me 10, 10 um, AI jokes. Uh, <laughs> no, give me 10 cow jokes. Open... Ch- resume my journey. Here we go. Resume your journey. You go to a forest. Right. <laughs> Cary Forest, what, north. What, what, north, what prompt do you west, want me to... North, west, north, north, south, west, give, west. Give me five cow jokes. You see a house. Open door. Right. The door is locked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've just typed in give me five cow jokes into to the open AI chatbot. So and it's having a think. We'll see what it's thinking. So we'll come back to it in a sec. Sure. Because... <laughs> uh, Give me five cow jokes is too too difficult for it. Mm. Um, what else was there in biology? Uh, the the ghost human, the ghost human, ghost human species has been found by computer scientists. By Go computers, on. basically they found evidence, you know, like the Neanderthals in Europeans and the Denisovans in the Asians. They found yep. another remnants of a another hominid in the uh, gene. Uh, Genetic makeup of uh, Africans. There are too many hominids in my pool. I should get out. <laughs> Do you know how long it'll take me to clean that thing? <laughs> uh, so, ancient ancestors of people living in Western Africa appear to be have inbred with the mysterious ghost hominin. Um, Phenomena. <laughs> another character missing from the story of history of uh, yeah. So great. So they've bred with the the, the black hole. The black hole. Sorry, that is just terrible for so many reasons. That's not it what is. I meant. <laughs> I meant as in the void, the void. like the thing they don't know exists. Um, a mystery. Like it that, turns out, yeah. yeah. Well, look, it's, so they found evidence of of a of a mysterious donor to the genetic makeup of of many West Africans, and they said, "Oh, actually, well, what is this?" And they've been able to 
Um, reverse engineer it using the uh, the Thousand Genomes Project and basically said, uh, we believe this is a before uh, unknown, previously unknown hominin. Um, thing is, there's no written record, no no fossil records. It only exists, as far as I know, <laughs> in the uh, in the gen- genetics of West Africans. Yep. Now, are we talking West Africans as uh, forebears of everybody, or are we talking West Africans as in after we... After. So, they're talking about the, you know, um, the uh, Yoruba tribe and the Mende population. Okay. So, the current West Africans. Um, so, I mean... There are multiple waves um, of of uh, out of Africa, yep. so um, and and evolution didn't stop in Africa; just, just kept on going. So keep on, keep on. So somewhere along the lines, it was that, and so um, and the, there's no mention of evidence of that DNA existing in European or a- Asian populations. Okay, so. Um, if we go back to the chatbot, see what, whether it's found in anything. Where are you, chatbot? Here, chat GPT. All right, here's, here's the jokes. Do it. Five cow jokes. Um, why was the math book sad? I don't know. Tell me. Because it had too many problems. I don't see how that's a cow joke. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? Right, why? Because it was too tired. Uh-huh. Why did the tomato turn red? Because it saw the salad dressing. <laughs> what do you get when you cross a snowman and a vampire? Frostbite. And how many cows have any... Why don't cows have any money? I don't know why. Because the farmers milk them dry. That's not bad, actually. So, there's one cow joke. I wanted five. Oh, well. I'm going to hit the trigon button. Um, and there was... That's picking your nose. Oh, dog poo. Oh. <laughs> dog poo story. Oh, we've got five minutes. Let's do it. Why does dog poo... Why did dog poo turn white in the 90s? Tell me. And doesn't anymore. Ozone? No. No. Lack of ozone? No. Basically, it was what they what they used to put into the mass-produced dog foods back then. Okay. So, basically, it was um, the ground-up bones, so high, very high in calcium. And so, basically, as a result, dogs back then would, they would uh, defecate, and it didn't come out white, but... Um, they would dry out quite quickly. Correct. They would dry out quickly. So, once... once um, once it uh, yeah, dried out, um, you ended up with a mineral crust on the outside, which basically the, the calcium created this uh, um, mineral crust, and, and um, it was because of the the contents of the mass-produced dog food just being way too high in in, in calcium, calcium and a few other minerals. So, um, just like if we have too much of vitamins, yeah. we'll piss it out. Yeah. Um, Obviously, yeah. they did the same thing with the calcium. Correct. And hence why now you're seeing less of these white lawn mines around because <laughs> because yep. people are actually more conscious about what they feed their pets because you know, pets are now... Pets are people too. Correct. So um, so these are uh, 
largely a thing of the past because people are, and and manufacturers of the, of the uh, even mass produced stuff are, are more conscious of the providing a balanced um, experience in their food. So they market themselves, and it's it's, it's a huge industry. So the the uh, the cheaper players just you know just can't just can't help themselves can't help themselves. Bad habits. All right, five new jokes. Do it. Here we go. We'll finish on this. Uh, why did the cow go into t- outer space? Why? To find the moon. Keep going. What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Uh, why was the math book sad? We already did that one. Uh, what do you get when you cross a snowman and a cow? Frosty the Moo Man. And finally, why did the cow join the band? Why? To play the musical instruments. <laughs> Bravo, AI chatbot. Oh, yeah. Mm, GP, chat GPT. What is it? Don't give up your day job. Don't give up your day job. <laughs> this is my day job. All right. Um, I think... That's 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 done. That's it. Done. I don't think we can go anywhere with after that. We can't. We, you can't top that. That's 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 the pinnacle. That's, it is. It's the, capstone. It, the capstone. All right. We'll, we'll I'll play a song. The capstone which is, of comedy. Which is a it's a long one. It's a basically a mashup of the top 120 songs for the 2022. All right. Um. So it comes care of, um, uh, Andy Wu, who's who does this every year. Um. So I'll, I'll cue that up while we're doing that so um but before we go uh thank you to maria michelle everyone else who's listening live indeed everybody who's listening in the future future. um andrew thank you very much for making the journey in um this has been episode we haven't said it for ages episode two two, three twenty eight three twenty eight of it's not rocket surgery at r-c-k-t-s-r-g-r-y that's rocket surgery no vowels is uh in the can. In the can. Good night. Good night. 30 seconds. Ignition sequence start. Here we got a roll program. It's not rocket surgery. The latest in science, technology, and geek culture. Astronauts report it feels good. Sunday nights from 10.30. Broadcast and streaming live. Podcast at all the usual podcast places. Follow and like us on Facebook and on Twitter at RCKTSRGRY. Seasons greetings to one and all you dear Podfix listeners. No matter what holiday you celebrate this festive time of the year, the Podfix Network has the perfect gift for anyone and everyone on your list. Your mother, your father, your siblings, how about giving them a podcast? It's proof you really care. Aunties, uncles, cousins, or grandparents, podcasts work too. Especially the high-quality shows of the Podfix Network that will let them know you spared no expense. Coworkers, white elephant exchanges amongst friends, the postman or woman, we got you covered. Even the holly jolly guy would dig finding a plate of cookies, a glass of milk, and a Bose speaker playing a Podfix Network show. Go to www.podfixnetwork.com to find all the different programs, thousands of episodes, even more hours, all guaranteed to stuff the stocking of the biggest Scrooge. So to paraphrase Cousin Eddie, the Podfix Network, shitter's full.
You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.